Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Amen. Church family, would you help me welcome our internet family? We're glad you're joining us. You guys can grab a seat. Well, I am not Pastor Tim. Uh, My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here. And Pastor Tim and Alicia, they wanted me to make sure I let you guys know how much they love you and how much they're grateful for you. Uh, Many of you know that Pastor Tim's middle daughter, Greta, she got married yesterday. It's a big deal. Yeah. She... Married just a fantastic guy. He's one of our staff members and one of our worship leaders. You've probably seen him leading us in worship. His name is John Green. And we're just so thrilled for them. And I'm glad that Pastor Tim and Alicia can just take some time to slow down, spend time with their family. All their kids are in town, so they are just, they are just loving this. But uh, they wanted me to make sure you guys knew that they, they miss you and that Pastor Tim will be back next Sunday, okay? Well, we're going to dig into some things. And today's title of the message is Ready or Not? And our goal, church, is to be ready, is to be ready. And so we're going to dig into some things, and I think some things that are really going to help us. But before we do uh, do that, you know, today at 12 a.m., something crazy is going to happen. This ball in New York City is going to drop. It's going to happen. And I think there's three different kinds of people that are going to celebrate tonight. It's going to be the people that are going to stay up all night long to see that ball drop. How many of you are out there? All right, there's a couple. And then there's another group of people that maybe are kind of like me, where I'm more of a morning person. And so when it comes nighttime and there's not much going on, I'm probably going to find somewhere, whether it's in my bed or on the couch, and I'm probably going to crash before 12 o'clock tonight. But don't worry, my kids and my wife will be, make sure to wake me up. And so how many of you guys like that? You're probably going to fall asleep or you're going to get woken up. How many of you guys are just going to sleep right through? You're like, hey, I love my sleep. All right, you guys should be the most rested. I came, I came across these uh, stats about this ball dropping in New York. It's dropped 107 times since 1907. That's kind of crazy. It weighs close to 12,000 pounds, over 2,500 crystals, 3,200 LED lights, and it's valued at over a million dollars. Maybe I'll just get a couple of the crystals. It might work out. 30 million pieces of confetti are going to drop tonight. Isn't that crazy? And so what we're going to do is all of our dream team is going to come together. We're going to go and just going to help clean up. No, I'm just joking. 30 million pieces of confetti. I don't even want to think about the cleanup. And then there will be close to 1 million people in New York City tonight to watch that ball drop. Now, it's 1 million people in a couple blocks in New York City. Some of you guys are like, wow, that sounds great. Sounds awesome. Some of you guys are squirming in your seat right now because that's a little bit claustrophobic ha- happening. You're not, not really into that. And the last one is one billion people will tune in tonight to watch this ball drop. Church, hey, that's going to be fun, but there's, it's way bigger than, 2018 is way bigger than watching a ball drop. 2018, this new year, leaving 2017, stepping across into 2018 has much more significance than watching a ball drop. Has much more significance. Here's the thing. The way you leave one season or one year will determine how you enter the next season or the next year. So what do I mean? I mean, how you leave 2017 today and you step across this timeline 
into 2018. How you leave now will determine how you enter into that next season. And so this idea of the change of leaving 2017, entering into 2018, has to do with change. Has to do with change. Now, change is no stranger to us. We see change all the time, don't we? We see our seasons change. We have a little glimpse of a Florida winter right now. Isn't that great? How many of your buddies are up north and it's like negative nine, you know? How many of you guys are glad to be in Florida and have the 50s? We can deal with that. We see seasons change. We see our culture change. We've seen our city and our community and our county change. I remember in high school, State Road 200 was just one lane. Now it's three lanes and actually six lanes all the way across, and there's people driving on those lanes. It's, it's changed. Things have changed. Technology has changed, right? Technology is way different than what it used to be. I remember uh, my wife and I started dating in 1999, and uh, we've been married uh, almost 18 years, and we're in love. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I love being married to my best friend. It's, it's a blast. But we started dating in 1999, and one of the ways that we built our relationship uh, was through something called AOL Messenger. Yeah, if you're under the age of 25, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I want to help you understand what somebody like myself went through in 1999. So we had AOL Instant Messenger, and so we would communicate back and forth. But before we could do that, we had to do something that I'm not sure what it was. It was called dial-up internet. It it sounds, it it worked like it sounds. Dial-up internet, and to get to AOL Instant Messenger, we had to first take the leap, make the challenge, fight through dial-up internet. And it sounded something like this. Check this out. You know what I'm talking about. You were there. We had to go through this whole line of noises and screeches and static and there was a hope if if not enough people were on our line that maybe we'd be able to get on line to try to figure out what was going on and the whole time all we're trying to do is wait for this noise you've got me there it is that's what that's what you were waiting for the whole time you're trying to get online that's what you were waiting for there was no wi-fi There was no high-speed anything. There was nothing. That's what we went through. Today is different. There's been some changes in technology. Now you used to have a computer on a desk that was in a box. Now you have a computer in your hand, and you're looking for Wi-Fi every place you go. It's just, it's changed. It's different. And how we leave this year will determine how we enter the next. How we leave this year, the changes will determine how we enter the next. And church, I want us to be ready. Say it with me. Say, I am ready. I want us to be ready. So today, what we're going to try to do is really kind of go over some things that will help us be ready. And so there's some checklist of items. Um, there's some reminders that I want to share with you. There might not be many new thoughts in today, but I want us to hear these thoughts with a new heart. I want us to receive them. I want us to get something from them so we can then apply in our lives. Again, there is just great significance of what today is. The end of 2017 and and just almost 12 hours, we'll enter into this new season, this new year. So let's dig into this. The first thing I want to make sure that we're understanding is that there's a caution. Don't make the lethal mistake of thinking just because you know something that you're doing it. Very important. 
Don't make the lethal mistake just because you know it that you're doing it. So as we go through these things today, you may know them, but make sure that we're doing them. That's what our our challenge is going to be. So the first thing I want to talk about is that we need to pursue spiritual disciplines. Pursue. Not just even have. We have to pursue them. We have to go after them, right? Let's check out what a spiritual discipline is. The spiritual disciplines are those practices, very important word, found in the scripture that promote what? Spiritual growth. Now, the word practice is not a new word for us. We see professional athletes. If they want to become professional, what do they have to do? Practice. We see professional musicians. What do they have to do to become professional? Practice. We see woodworkers. If they want to grow into their skill, they have to practice. Church, as Christians, we can't just go through life and expect to grow. We have to go through life practicing the spiritual disciplines that God has for us. Why? Because we want, right, spiritual growth. That's what, we're, that's what we are going after. That's what God wants us to go after. God has us here on purpose so we can grow and we can do what he's called us to do. So we're going to go through a couple of spiritual disciplines and, again, receive them with a new heart tonight. The first one is this. Now, we must have daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. Daily exposure to and intake of God's word. Check out this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is inspired by who? God. God. And is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Listen, it's breaking it down pretty easily for us. God's word, the scriptures, they help teach us. They help make us. They help correct us. And they help build us to do what is right. That's what God's word does. Why? All for, so God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Why are we here on this earth? To do every good work that God wants us to He uses his word to prepare and equip us. I love what it says in the message paraphrase. It says this. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. I'm a dad of two great kids. uh, They're ages 12 and 14. And as a dad, I've had the challenge of putting things together for my kids as long as they've been alive. I've put together power wheels with all those crazy stickers. You guys know what I'm talking about. I've put together my largest challenge is probably a dollhouse. I don't know where all those pieces came from or where they went, but I did my best. There might have been a couple left over that might have been recycled. I, I put together a trampoline and all these things that you know, have to put together for your kids to receive them. If I, on Christmas morning or on one of the birthdays, if I got them a trampoline and all I did was put the pipes in a big pile and the bungees in another pile and then maybe the netting in another pile, and maybe I even put a couple ribbons around some of the piping and I just said, Here you go. To them, that that, that wouldn't be something that they would appreciate. Why? They want it to be put together. Why? So they can use it. Church, same thing is with, with us. God wants us to be put together. God wants us to be prepared and equipped so he can use us. Not to show off, not to have any of those things, but we can be used by God when we are prepared and equipped. How do we do it? By God's word. So we must have daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. We can't be wordless. We can't. We have to be wordful. We have to be full of God's word. Why? Because the devil, our adversary, 
He's doing whatever he possibly can do. He is a diligent worker. He's figuring things out. He's smart. And he's trying to figure out how to knock us down. But we have to be prepared and ready and be wordful, not wordless. So here's just a couple things to maybe help you with this journey on becoming wordful. you got to find a time and you have to find a place. A time and a place. Time and a place where, you're, where you would spend time with God. You have to memorize Scripture. Not just read God's Word like you would do to complete a, a task or a class, but to memorize God's Word. I use an app called Verses. And you can go online, you know, whatever store you're on, um, and, and find out what that looks like and, and, and discover that. It's like $1.99, but let me tell you, it's well worth it. You know, when everybody else maybe has games on their phone playing Candy Crush for hours and hours of, is Candy Crush still a game? I'm not, I don't know. Uh, if you're playing Candy Crush, what you can do is be on your phone memorizing God's word and learning and discovering more about God's word and having that on the inside of you. Um, we need to do that. We need to uh, set some calendar reminders maybe on your phone or on your computer. Have consistency. Have consistency when it comes to God's word. Let me share a word with you, and it's called staging. Staging. If you want to succeed in something, uh, you're supposed to stage that. So tomorrow morning, if you want to wake up and you want to spend time with God, then you're supposed to stage that. What does that look like? It means that today, when you get home sometime before you go to bed, that you would already pick out your place, you would have already picked out your time, you would already have what you were going to read in God's Word, you would already have prepped your coffee pot, your teapot, whatever, so that way, uh, your alarm clock, so that way when the morning comes and there's a nice chill in the air and you feel like you just want to stay in bed, your alarm clock's going off. You got your place already picked out. It's called staging. It's going to help prepare you for success in life. And that comes even with your time with God. So staging is a really important key as we're even digging through um, the rest of these things as well. Very important. So the first one is daily exposure to and intake of the Word of God. The second spiritual discipline we want to talk about is to pray. Is to pray. Check out this quote by E.M. Bounds. It says this, Prayer kills Satan. Prayerlessness kills you. Prayer kills Satan. Prayerlessness kills you. We have to have that prayer time with God. And the Bible talks about that we're to pray without ceasing. It's something that we're continuing to have to do, continually do. When things are great, we pray. When there's crisis, we pray. When you feel like complaining, we pray. When you feel like worrying, we pray. It's something that we do all the time. You don't have to change your voice for it. You don't have to make it long and big. It's about communication. And it's about that connection with God throughout our day. Check out this passage of scripture in Philippians. It says this, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. says, don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That is what we're going after. That is what we're going after, spending that time communicating with God. Church, for every problem that you would experience in your life in 2018, God's word has a promise. It does. If you're not sure on how to find that promise, use technology that we've been blessed with in, in 2017 to be able just to Google what your problem is. Google it. Find a promise through God's word. Make that promise your own. 
And begin to have a faith statement. Through, through your problem, you're speaking a promise. Because when we get caught up in just our problem and we don't invite God into that problem, it becomes just about us and the problem. But we have to invite God into those situations. Pray those promises. Write those promises down. Plaster them in your house and get God's word uh, in front of you so you can continue to work through those things that maybe you need to work through. So we got to pursue these spiritual disciplines. Let me just share with you a few other disciplines I think are really important. And would be this, to be a worshiper, to worship God in private and in corporate settings like we just did today. To fast, give up something to focus on God. That's what it means to fast. To serve others in home, in your home, in church, in life in general. To serve solitude. We just kind of talked about that, your time with God. Daily exposure to an intake of the word of God. That's your time. And then Sabbath which was created for a day of rest. We don't rest enough. So we need to have that day of rest where we are refueling, rebuilding ourselves and practicing these spiritual disciplines. Why? Because we want spiritual growth. We want to have that growth in our lives, not for us, so that we can be prepared, we can be equipped, we can be put together to do whose good work? God's good work. That's why we need to pursue spiritual disciplines. The next thing that I, I want to talk about, and it's kind of shifting gears a little bit from spiritual to some more practical ideas. And so this is going to be to pursue self-disciplines. Pursue self-disciplines. Check out what self-disciplines are. Self-disciplines are the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses. The ability to pursue what is right despite the temptations to abandon it. The temptations to abandon it, they're always there, aren't they? We have constant temptations to not pursue spiritual disciplines, to not pursue personal disciplines. They're always there. But look what it says right here. It says to control and overcome. These words aren't light words. These words require work. And they're going to be hard. I'm just going to be honest with you. But to control something, it takes work to control it. To overcome something, it takes work. It takes work. But when we control and overcome our feelings and our weaknesses, we do that despite the temptations. That's where the strength comes in. So these spiritual disciplines, these self-disciplines are vital. So let's go over just a few self-disciplines I think are, are vitally important for us. And the first one's this. Don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. You know, the devil's trap is to do whatever he possibly can to isolate us, to get us by our, ourselves. And you may say, well, I'm always around people. Well, that's our culture sometimes, that we are around people, whether it's our neighborhoods and work or school, wherever you maybe are, in your clubhouse, wherever you are. But just because you're around people doesn't mean that you don't feel isolated. You feel all alone, even those people around you. That's the devil's trap. He wants us to do life alone. God wants us to do life together. And I want to give you three ways that we can do life that are really vital for our growth. And the first one is that we have the all alone time. Again, that's that solitude. That's that time with God. We kind of talked about that. The second is all together. That's what you guys are doing right now. You're doing all together. We're coming together in a group setting to worship God, to get instruction from God's word. And then this third one is called together. Together. And there's a few things that we do here as a church to promote togetherness, to promote community. And the first one that we do is small groups. And many of you guys have been involved with small groups. How many of you guys have been involved with small groups in 2017? Yeah, man, all over the place. That's awesome. 
you're involved with small groups, and small groups are a vital part to together. They're a vital part to this ministry. And, man, our small group team, they're taking small groups in 2018 to the next level. And right now they're actually gathering uh, small group leaders, and they're going to be putting out a list in just a couple weeks so that you can get on board and find your fit and find your connection. That's a huge part of doing life together. We believe that we're better together. The life change happens in relationship, and so it's, it's vitally important to us. The other area that we do together here at Meadowbrook is through our dream team. Man, you heard Pastor Tony talking about, man, the, the hundreds of dream team that are making a difference. And, uh, man, any given Sunday, there are hundreds of people here serving all throughout all four services. From the parking lot to um, the auditorium to worship to kids' areas. We have people coming in during the week. And then, church, we're ready. We're hoping to even double our dream team because we're launching another campus next year. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be huge. And, man, our dream team are already getting pumped up for what they need to do and the policies and the things that they need to look at and, and multiplying their teams. Why? So we can reach more people to help them get prepared and equipped to what God wants them to do. Amen? So vitally important, this idea of, of not doing life alone. Check out this scripture in, in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says this. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. Again, that's what we're doing right here. As the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and in all the more faithfully as you see the day of the Christ's return approaching. That's what we're doing. Worship and instruction happening right here. But I want to pull your attention to what this says. As the habit of some, and it's talking about that some have gotten away from coming together to worship and get instruction. Some have gotten away from togetherness of encouraging and being encouraging one another and helping each other. We've gotten away from that. As in some have the habit of doing. What does that have to do with? It has to do with a drift. It has to do with a drift. And the devil will want to, for us to get into this point of drift where we begin to drift away from God. We begin to drift away from Church coming together, drift away from uh, our togetherness, being in a small group. And before we know it, one decision ends up turning into the decision that, hey, I haven't been to church for a year. And I haven't been in a small group for a year. I haven't been in a community. I haven't been spending time for a year. And we have to avoid the habit of some. We have to be so connected to God, but we're doing what God's called us to do, practicing these spiritual disciplines, practicing these personal disciplines so that we can make an impact. We have to avoid the drift. And that's what small groups are great for, to help you stay in that connection and help you stay in that focus of what you need to do. We believe here that church days affect the rest of our days. It's so vital for us. So that's the second one. The third thing we want to talk, or first one, excuse me, that was the first one. Second one we want to talk about is to remove the junk. Remove the junk. I'm not sure about you guys, but my garage, it's got a little bit of junk in it. And me and my garage have got this relationship over the last year. It's really a battle, right? So I work really hard. I get my garage clean. I maybe park my car in there for a day. And it's like the next week, it's like all this junk is back in my garage. Like, where did this stuff come from? You know, trying to figure out, going back and forth. And my, my life goal eventually is to be able to park my car in my garage daily. And I'm hoping 2018 is that year. Hopefully it would be great. And then I'm in this you know, battle with my garage of getting junk in, junk out, and trying to figure that out. And then I drive by my neighbor's house, and their garage is like immaculate. They have organized tubs, organized tools. And all I ask in my neighborhood is all I ask. If your garage is clean and organized, just keep your garage door shut. 
We, we, don't, we don't need to, you know, be having garage, door, garage envy and all that kind of stuff going on. That's all I ask. The same thing happens with us, though, in our life is that we got junk in our lives. And maybe it's been there for a month. Maybe it's been there for a year. Maybe it's been there for 10 years or even longer. And we got these things that maybe have taken root. And church, we have to identify them, and we have to get a plan to remove them. Because they will only choke us out. Let me read to you just a few things that we need to be aware of as we're looking to remove the junk. And it's time for some of these things to go. We have to cut out fear and attitude, habitual sin, grudges, unforgiveness, drama, pride. Let me just stop on pride for a second. Church, it's okay to ask for help. If your marriage is struggling, ask for help. If you're struggling with your kids or your teens, your college-age students, ask for help. If you're struggling in your finances, ask for help. If you're struggling mentally or emotionally, ask for help. Who do you ask for help? God, your small group, your church, people that you trust, your family. When we let pride get in the way, it causes us then to isolate, and that is the trick of the enemy. Causes us to isolate. So we need to ask for help. Don't allow pride to be in there. We got to get rid of gossip. We got to get rid of hurtful words. We got to get rid of these things. We have to gain control. We have to gain control like I have a desire to gain my garage back. We have to, we have to gain control of some things in our lives. We have to figure those things out. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and its windows knocked out. It's a place of vulnerability. We can't be like that. We have to gain control of some things that maybe we lost control of. We have to fix some things. First, ask God, ask others, and ask your church family to help you on that journey. we got to gain control. Don't allow what stopped you and held you back in 2017 to be the propelling force for 2018. Let's start new. Let's figure some things out. Make some adjustments now. The third thing I want to talk about is, is don't give up. Don't give up. Listen to this quote. Our greatest glory is not in never failing, because church, we will fail. We will make mistakes. But in rising, every time we fail. A sign of maturity is how fast you recover. That's, that's, a, that's a, uh, the greatest glory. That's what it's all about, is how fast we can recover. My daughter, I just kind of mentioned her a little bit ago, but she's, she's awesome. She's, um, both of my kids are just fantastic. And um, she's 12 now, but last year she was in sixth grade. She was 11. And she has a desire just to help and um, serve. She has great art, art kind of, uh, performing art kind of uh, um, just gifts. She's been on stage here for um, when we have our big first Wednesday. She serves back in the clubhouse with the kids there on the worship team. And she just loves those things. We, we call her Ella the Entertainer ever since she was little, little young. And uh, she had a desire um, in the sixth grade to be part of what they call LCS, and what they do is a lot of Christian schools get together in Florida, and they go down to Southeastern University, and they have these, like, performing arts kind of things where they'll do drama, and they'll do uh, uh, music and choir, and they even have some academic things with math and science. And she had a desire to do this monologue, and her drama teacher prepared it, and she practiced all year long for this monologue, and it was, it was LCS day. 
And so we load up in the car, we head down to, to Lakeland, and we get there, and they go into the room where they're going to do these performances, and it's, they got some judges, they got parents and teachers and friends all there, and other kids are going, and then it's Ella's turn. So Ella gets up, and she's just a big smile on her face, she goes up in front, she grabs her microphone and introduces herself and does the first third of her monologue and just rocked it out, man. It was fantastic. And something happened at the end of that first third that she just froze. She forgot everything that she was supposed to say next. And so, you know, she turns whiter than white and uh, she walks off the stage and heads over to us and she's, you know, emotional and crying and it's a big deal, you know. And so she gets there and um, the judge came up to her and said, listen, you did a great job. I'd love for you to come up and do this again if you'd like. And she's like, no, no, I'm I'm good. That that was enough. (laughs) And so we end up going out of the room and I spent the next hour using every parental coaching technique I could possibly gather up. And I was saying stuff. I was saying all the things in my life that I did wrong. And I'm not sure that was good or bad. I'm not sure how that all worked out. But I was, I was willing to try anything I could possibly try to help her be able to, to take that next step. And so after an hour of trying to coach her and help her and say, you can do this. And, and I said, baby, you want to go inside and do it one more time? She's like, no, no, I'm ready to go. And so we load back up in the car and we head home. And on the way home, I'm like, baby, you know, I would love just to hear your monologue. Maybe at home you can just do it for me and mommy and maybe some your grandparents. And she's like, no, I don't think so. And so for the whole year, she didn't do it. She started seventh grade and she started hearing about LCS again. And she's like thinking about this. And she came up to me and my wife and she said, you know what, Daddy, I want to do my monologue again. And on the outside, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. On the inside, I'm like high-fiving people, chest bumping, fist bumping. I'm so pumped as her dad. I'm like, it must have been all my parental coaching. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think that's what it was. So we get down to LCS the second time, and it's a bigger room. The same judge is there, and she remembers Ella. And we get down in this bigger room, and the teachers and the judges and the friends and everybody's in this room, and she starts, and she does her first third, rocked it. Second third, nailed it. And that same thing happened again to her. She froze up turns white, runs over to where I was sitting. I wrapped my arm around her and just said, baby, I love you. And she just, you know, is crying. And that same judge came up to her again and looked her in the eye and said, you can do this. I believe in you. And if you want to do it again, you're more than welcome to. And I was prepared for her to say, no, I'm good. And she didn't say anything. She just kind of sat there. One person went by. She didn't do anything. Next person went by. She didn't do anything. After that second person went, she said, Daddy, I want to go again. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you, baby. So she gets up in front of everybody, and she rocks out the first, third, second, third. She finishes the whole thing. And I stand up, man. I'm applauding. Like, this is awesome. Standing ovation from her dad. I don't care if anybody else is standing up. Like, I was standing up. She comes over, and she gives me and her mom a big hug. And I'm like, baby, I am so proud of you. Afterwards, that same judge came over and looked her in the eye one more time. She didn't have to. It wasn't part of her job description. She was there to grade. Third time she comes to talk to my daughter. And I tell you what, if you want to bless a parent, love their kids. And then she just showed love to my daughter. And she goes, you did an awesome job. There's something inside of you that God placed there. It's a gift. And look at me. she goes, look at me for this part. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Use that gift that God's placed on the inside of you to make a difference, to uh, be used by God to share his love with other people. And at church, look at me today. I'm telling you the same thing. Don't give up. 
Don't give up. There's some dreams that God has placed in your heart to do. Don't give up. There's a marriage that you're believing for to be restored. Don't give up. There's a teenager or a child or a college-age student that you're praying for his or her salvation. Don't give up. You're believing for breakthrough in your finances. Church, look at me. Don't give up. Amen? Don't give up. As we go into this new year, don't give up. Let me share some other practical, personal disciplines for you as we get ready to close. The first one is this. Have fun. I think Christians should be fun. Have fun. Enjoy life like every day matters. Leave a room better than you arrived. Laugh. Cry. Go on a walk. Do less with your head down and more with your head up, looking out, looking up. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to say I love you. Be quick to give a hug. Watch your words. Be kind. We are God's delivery system of his love. Be kind. Work hard. Create some margin. Walk in love. Be grateful. And lastly, be a good steward of you. With your time, your talent, your treasure, and your touch. Take better care of yourself spiritually, your soul, and with your body. 2018 is ours for the taking. Let's make a difference. Let's be intentional with our spiritual progress. Let's be intentional with our personal self-disciplines. Let's be intentional for allow God to help us make a difference. As you guys came in today, you might have received this card. If you do, grab it, put it in your hand. On the front of the card, it says, I'm ready for 2018. And I know for many of you, you're like, yes, that's me, I'm ready. For some of you today, you're like, I'm kind of either way. I'm kind of ready and I'm kind of not ready. And there's some of you today that are like, I'm just not ready. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not ready. And I want you to have this card, and I want this card to be a reminder, and I want this to be a faith statement that you would say, I'm ready. Not because of what I am, because of what God is through me. In the back of the card, there's just three things. It says, what I loved about 2017, what challenged me about 2017. And those two things are important because you have to know where you are to know where you can go. And then the last one is, what I'm believing for for 2018. And I want you guys to take some time today, maybe the next couple days, and, and ask God, God, show me what these things look like. What are those things that I love that challenge me and that what I'm believing for for 2018? And be, uh, just be specific. And if you need more paper, just get another card or get some more paper and, and take your time and really discover what those things look like. Let's get ready. Check out what the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, so roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, Be totally ready. It says be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't uh, didn't know any better then. You do now. We do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy. You be holy. Church, I'm believing for us as a church and you as individuals that 2018 be the best year of your life. Let's get ready. Amen? Will you stand with me as we pray? God, thank you just for your word and for your challenge to pursue spiritual disciplines, to pursue some practical, some self-disciplines. And God, we have a desire not just to do these for ourselves, but God, we have a desire that we want to grow spiritually. 
So God, would you help us to practice? Would you help us to put in order some things? God, let, let this year and the preparation for this year, and these next few hours before the new year is here, let there have much significance to this time. That you would speak to our hearts and we'd be able to write some things down and we'll, we'll get rid of some things that we know we shouldn't have in our lives and we'll press forward on some things that we're believing for. And that God, we'll have that faith statement that says, I am ready. Not in my strength, God, but in your strength. God, help us to develop those things. God, thank you for being a God that loves us. A God that says that nothing can separate us from your love and I'm so grateful for that. God, thank you for the reminder that we're never alone and we're never at, without help. And that has to do with 2018 as well. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And God, we're asking and expecting you to lead us through this new year. And God, we give you everything of who we are, and we expect great things ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you receive anything out of this today? Thank you for letting me share my heart with you guys. Again, on behalf of Pastor Tim and Alicia and our whole staff here, we want to say Happy New Year to you. Pastor Tim will be back next Sunday. If you need prayer for anything in your life or you want to make a connection with God and give your life to God, our prayer team will be right up here in the front. We love you. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.